to the Digiday Podcast. My name is Tim Peterson. I am Senior Media Editor at Digiday. And I'm Kaylee Barber, Media Editor at Digiday. Kaylee, this week you interviewed Daniela Pearson, who is the founder and CEO of newsletter startup, The Newsette. I feel like a lot of times when we talk about newsletter companies, we're talking about the platforms, but The Newsette is a newsletter media company. They're a publisher, basically, that just specializes in newsletters. But they're also like making pretty good money, right? Yeah. So this past year, they made around $40 million in revenue, um, which is pretty significant. Um, and Daniela is someone I've spoken to a few times over the past couple of years uh, since joining Digiday. As a young founder, I found her story really interesting. She had a very similar trajectory to the Morning Brew guys and her company being, I think, slightly smaller than Morning Brew has, and being independent as well, has reached that really high, you know, multi-million dollar mark, um, in the same kind of amount of time. And so I think her story is just really interesting. It's really interesting to talk about a successful newsletter startup because there's so much fascination around that platform um, and how it attracts so much advertising revenue. Uh, They've had some pretty significant deals with Amazon, for example. But um, she also just recently launched another mental health-focused company and is partnered with Selena Gomez on that one, the singer and actress. So she's really busy, and uh, this was a, this was a cool interview. I'm excited to kind of delve into her strategy as a very young media founder. Yeah, always interested in hearing about new types of media companies, especially when they have proof of success, like $40 million in revenue. So excited for this one. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. I'm a fan of the podcast, so this is a really surreal moment. That's so nice to hear. Similarly, I'm a fan of the Newsette. It's one of the uh, it's one of the newsletters I subscribe to and actually read on a daily basis. So I think it's been about two years since we had last kind of had a sit down interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had profiled you for a story that was on Young Founders, um, and it was in the Digiday magazine, which, uh, yeah, I think the last one we printed was about two years ago as well. So I know a lot has happened since then, but for those who are unfamiliar with the Newsette, um, could you give a little background on how you founded it and uh, where the idea came from? Yeah, happy to do so. So I'm 26 years old right now. I started the Newsette when I was a sophomore in college at 19. And originally, it just started as something that I wanted to create so that I could have a job after college. So I I was always very entrepreneurial. And I think I got that you know, identity from my parents. However, it wasn't just because I wanted to change the world in the beginning. I just knew that very few people would probably hire me because I did not like school and I did not excel in it um, when I got to college because I, I felt like I was just relearning the same things that I learned in high school and prior. And so I basically became an entrepreneur so that I could hire myself, <laughs> essentially. Um, and so you know, during my sophomore year, I was really looking at every single problem that I had in my life and trying to find a product that could fix that problem that I could maybe bring to market. And I just couldn't find anything. I had very, very silly ideas that I would be very embarrassed to share right now. Um, but then one day I actually was at home 
for my winter break, my sophomore year. And uh, my twin sister, Alex, was working on a project uh, for her, you know, business class. She went to UPenn. And so she essentially was just locked away and left me very alone. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to start a business too. And so I thought about what I'm good at. And uh, at that point, it was very little. Um, and so I thought, okay, if I'm not good at anything, what about what I'm passionate about? Because that's just as important. And so I basically thought about what I do every single day. And the one highlight really of my day was reading magazines. I absolutely loved and would devour magazines since I was a child. And also, you know, finding things on the internet uh, via websites that would like inspire and delight me. And I realized that, you know, I had to go through several magazines to finally find something I was really interested in. I would have to go on 50 different websites to, you know, satisfy all of the interests that I had. So business, fashion, beauty, tech, et cetera. And I thought, you know, what if there's a better way for this? And what if I can deliver it to people's inboxes around the world? And so the idea of just being able to create a gift that lands in someone's inbox um, and inboxes are so regularly just toxic with, you know, deadlines and your professor emailing you at that point when I was in college or, you know, uh, your boss or whatever. I really wanted to create a respite of that noise and, and almost this gift there. And so I, I started the news that I, I came up with the name that day. I sent out the first issue to eight whole people <laughs> the following day. And it just, it became an obsession of mine. Uh, every single day since then, I put out an issue. It was d definitely discouraging having like 10 people, 15 people, 20 people, you know, reading, but I, I really wasn't discouraged at all. I was just so excited and Honestly, what a blessing it was that not a lot of people were reading it because I made every typo known to man and was basically learning how to become a writer, um, which I had no experience in and learning, you know, how media companies even function by just doing the job. Um, so now seven years later, we've grown into an incredibly impactful female empowering media company. Um, we're really excited about 2022 because we're investing millions of dollars into expanding the media company in ways that I never, you know, dreamed possible. We have incredible talent. We've doubled our team. We're going to triple in a few months. And then we also launched an agency because we realized that our mission of empowering, you know, people and and, and also highlighting and amplifying um, inclusive voices. So I'm Latinx. My mother's an immigrant. It's always been important to me that we highlight marginal voices. I, I really saw with the help of my team members, um, including, you know, someone named Grace, who now really manages the entire agency, that there was a hole in the market for a lot of our clients where they loved working with us on brand campaigns. However, when it came time to do their own campaign that was, you know, just them launching a product or just them promoting something, they were lacking that storytelling and passion and conviction and mission uh, from the agencies they were working with. And so we basically built that arm into our business. Um, it was recently announced. And uh, and yeah, uh, we closed 2021 with 40 million in uh, revenue and eight figures of profit uh, without ever raising a dime of venture capital. Uh, my mother owns a small percentage and she's my only partner because she always believed in me. Uh, but yeah, that that's basically um, where we've come now. <laughs> um. 
a fantastic success story, I would say. I think considering you said you didn't feel like you were good at anything, you were just kind of doing something that you thought was, you know, interesting or like a passion of yours seven years ago to making $40 million in revenue is a very fast success rate. And I think um, that's definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because I feel like understanding how you achieve that as the you know, sole founder that you've been in that position this entire time is really interesting to me. Um, so can you talk a little bit about um, your audience? Because I, I do want to get into the agency and I want to get into some of the partners that you have, but I think understanding your audience is, you know, pretty crucial for that. Absolutely. So we always positioned the newsette as a psychographic, not a demographic, because it really is for, you know, the newsette specific media product. We are launching others this year, but for the newsette, it was always for this woman or, you know, generally woman, but we we do have male readers uh, as well, but that want to feel inspired and empowered every single day who almost find like a rush with reading about incredible women doing amazing things. So, you know, people that are running Fortune 500 companies all the way to, you know, people who are working in Africa to help end climate change, you know, everything in between. Um, and then we also deliver, you know, the day's need to know news. So anything from women's rights to, uh, to, you know, food news, fashion news, beauty news and beyond business news. Um, and so our, it's always been a psychographic because I don't think that people who are interested in that really belong to a certain demographic. However, when you look at our numbers um, and, you know, what we are able to show advertisers that we work with are the main audience that we have is 18 to 35, um, with the majority being 25 to 35. Got it. And how large is your subscriber base at this point? Yeah, so we have over 500,000 subscribers. Uh, th- that's the number we're sharing publicly now. Uh, we will be sharing an updated number in a few months, uh, but we've been really focused on cleaning the list and making sure that it is just active, as, as active as possible. Um, but we have a lot of stuff up our sleeves where we are excited to report a new number very soon. You mentioned that you're going to be launching other products too. Is it other newsletters that you're going to be, you know, uh, like revealing this year or um, is it more like website focused media content? Like what are the editorial goals for um, this year? Yeah, so we haven't announced exactly what we are going to launch. However, we we love the ability that we have as the Newsette newsletter to deliver directly to our audience exactly what they want to read every single day. Um, and we really cherish that model. So you, you don't have to, you know, uh, find what you're looking for by going on five different websites or maybe you want specific advice in one area and you Google it and then you find five different sources and you don't really care about any of the publications, you just digest the knowledge and then move on. We really love having people in our ecosystem. And so I believe that anything that we're going to launch is really going to leverage that ecosystem that we've already built and to the fact that we truly believe the most valuable media is media that is consumed daily and is delivered to you. Um, so that that's all I can really say uh, regarding that because we are in the process of of, 
you know, uh, bringing all of that to life, but it'll always be focused on being delivered to the reader. Um, and if mm-hmm. not providing an incredible experience so that we, we have the power to bring them to us. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I guess in that same vein, I know that newsletter businesses remained pretty strong in 2020 um, with CPMs being pretty consistent. And then last year, a lot of media in general just had a good year. Um, but I'm wondering from your advertising side of the business, like, were you able to kind of maintain growth throughout the pandemic? Like, did you see a lot of your partners like standing strong next to their, um, you know, email marketing initiatives or how did, I guess, how did that business look in the context of COVID? For sure. So yeah, I mean, I think any media company would tell you that the first few months of COVID was really scary. We were in the middle of one of our biggest campaigns of the year and they, and we ended up having to pause it midway. And this partner of ours, who we absolutely adore, was kind enough to still, you know, pay us for the entire part, uh, partnership. But we, like a lot of people didn't, weren't that lucky. A lot of people, you know, just had, they were planning on that revenue and things just got canceled. And so for a few months there, it was incredibly scary. However, after people realized that there was a new normal that we were shifting into and that business had to be conducted and that they had to continue funneling money into advertisements, we probably focused more on the companies that had that additional, you know, ad budget that didn't have to cut it, you know, in order to support the workforce because of declining sales or whatnot. And so that's really when we started working with Fortune 500 clients in a bigger way um, and being able to tell their stories and then almost opening the door for them and showing them, you know, you could spend a hundred thousand dollars on this website where, you know, they say they get 20 million impressions or views a month on their website. But what does that really translate to in an article? If you are one of, you know, 5,000 articles on that website that gets published every single month, like do the math, like then you're, you're ending up with not a lot of readers on your article. And so I think when people realized how much more powerful advertising with us and how many more eyeballs and more engagement and more clicks um, we were able to drive, I think that was a huge, um, you know, sign for them that they should continue to invest a lot of money. Um, so I think it's, it's almost interesting because you know, we, we all saw the big, uh, the big change in people realizing that maybe you shouldn't advertise in magazines because you couldn't track it. And, you know, even the distribution was so low compared to social media and, and digital media today. And now I think we're going through this amazing transition where people are also realizing, Hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe paying this much money for one sponsored story on this website that's going to basically, they're going to have to spend money to promote it to even get views on it. And you're not going to get anywhere near the views you would get in a newsletter. Why does that make sense? And so I almost feel like Mm -hmm. there's this incredible wave now where people are seeing newsletters as the solution to that dilution of, you know, audience that that, um, a lot of, you know, traditional websites provide. I think that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, to your point, you're in inboxes, you can have the open rates, you know, readily available to show who's engaging. And I think that is likely why 
CPMs in email marketing didn't really go down too much. I feel like it was a pretty consistent part of the industry when other digital media spend kind of hit a slump. Um, but I want to talk about some of the advertisers that you work with, because I know, was it a couple years ago, you had mentioned you had initiated this partnership with Amazon, I believe. Um, and that's like a pretty significant partnership that you have that was off platform too. Like you were partnering with them on their marketplace, right? Like that was a pretty intense partnership. Can you talk about some of the like, some of the different aspects of the partnerships that you've been doing lately with these Fortune 500 companies and, you know, how you're getting creative with them in the newsletter, but then like beyond it as well? Yeah. So, um, I, I won't be, um, too specific because, um, we're really not able to, but Amazon has been an incredible partner to the newsette. Um, and I'll say they really do care about incredible initiatives like helping small business owners, helping, you know, business owners of co um, color, which is obviously incredibly important to me as, as being one myself. Um, but any company that we've been working with either in just the newsette capacity or with the agency capacity, even when with them being fortune 500 companies and them having millions if not billions of dollars to spend on marketing a lot of them are realizing that they really want to put a lot of those marketing dollars into mission focused advertising and mission focused initiatives and that's where we get incredibly excited because not only are we able to you know amplify a product that you know x company has come out with but as part of that we're able to potentially, you know, give out five scholarships, you know, because it aligns with that messaging. Or if we're promoting, you know, small business owners, we're able to put millions of dollars behind promotion to, to help amplify those small business owners and to get them the kind of coverage that they probably wouldn't have gotten maybe because they didn't receive um, financing from VCs because of the inequities in, you know, receiving finance and who gets it, who doesn't. And so uh, that's, that's really been, especially for the agency, what we've been so excited about and why I think we've just been such an incredible team and really taken a lot of the business from these big companies um, that have worked with, you know, certain agencies for years is because we don't just think about the budget that these companies give us as, you know, how can we maximize this and hit KPIs? That is obviously always top of mind, but it's also how can we make this uh, whatever campaign this is, such a delight and such a holistic experience where everybody in the process wins. Not only is the customer more endeared to the brand because they're seeing them actually do change, not just talk about it, do change, but then also anybody in the actual ecosystem of the brand is also being rewarded with more viewership. And so um, those are the partnerships that always get us really excited. We also get really excited with finance partners or Fortune 500 company partners for the news app where sometimes their KPIs will be, you know, we, we don't want any sort of brand, you know, recognition. We're not trying to sell a product. All we're trying to do for this campaign is encourage more women to apply to jobs in finance. That is, you know, the dream scenario because that's something that we can get behind. And not only are we able to pay our bills and pay all of the incredible talent on our team with that, but we're also able to enrich, you know, their company's values and what they're trying to strive towards to have more women on their workforce and also present 
opportunities to our readers who maybe didn't know that those opportunities existed. Um, so, so when everything works out like that, which is basically what we always try to focus in on, it's pure magic. Yeah, I think having an agency lens like that is likely very helpful when it comes to like, I, I, so a lot of the reporting that we've been doing lately at Digiday has been around like the this movement of in-housing agencies or, or brands creating, uh, you know, content arms in order to kind of tell their story better. But it's, I think to a degree, very hard to do that when you don't have the talent um, already in-house, right? Like there's a reason why partnerships, you know, exist. It's because you're leaning on the expertise of other companies. And I think, you know, your approach to the agency is really interesting in that you're able to focus on the missions that they're looking to achieve, or you're looking to do more of that, like, you know, we want to hire more women at our company, like help us do that. Um, So that's, that's a really cool business idea. I'm, curious like how much of the clientele that you have in your agency is coming from the partnerships that you've done you know in your media product is it a lot of crossover there or are you trying to onboard clients that maybe can't afford to work with um, the newsette for you know brand partnerships like what's the crossover there Yeah. So the reason why we are spending millions of dollars to grow not only the media business, but also the agency business this year is because every single client we have for the agency business came from the media side of the business. And so now we're finally opening ourselves up um, to capacity to, you know, choose a select few of clients that maybe we didn't have on our radar before who, you know, fit what we're trying to do and are excited about, you know, the amplification that we do. Um, and, and having them come into the, the new land, um, ecosystem. New land is the, the name of the agency part of the news at. And, you know, it, it's not even just about like mission and doing the right thing, because obviously that is incredibly important. But I'm a big believer that, you know, it also has to make money because then companies will continue to support those initiatives. It won't just be a one time thing. And so the cool thing that we've been able to do is we've been able to leverage our incredible expertise, our incredible storytelling. Our creative director just came from Annie Leibowitz studio and from Apple. You know, we have the best team in the world right now. And we're also able to strategize the creative, but also the amplification by handling not only the strategy, the creative, the social paid social strategy, the PR, everything holistically. And that, you know, combination of offering all of that instead of having these clients have to go to three or four people for that makes it so that the CPA are lower for clients. We over deliver on impressions. And just one example is a TikTok campaign that we did um, last year where we, again, did all of those pieces and the TikTok campaign ended up getting 10 billion views, which is insane. And so uh, that's really the magic of being able to have one team really care about this, like, a, like as if it was a media company and really just hone in and figure out how we can make it win for everybody. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, then we'll be right back. Speaking of your team, I'm curious how large it is. You mentioned it doubled last year. Um, how many people are, you know, on the editorial team, but are also working on the agency? 
Yeah, so we um, we have a lot of synergies in terms of people who work on both, but right now are staffing so that there are people who are directly dedicated just to the agency and vice versa. Um, so we did 40 million in um, 2021 with like 15 people, which is crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, every time I say that, people are like, you're joking, right? Um, and it, it really is because we just like hustled and, and that's why we're able to invest so much into this year to have a you know top tier team. So now uh, we have about 25 people and we have 50, 15 to 20 open positions that we are looking to hire ASAP. And so I think the goal is to get to 50 relatively quickly. What has been something that has helped you grow your audience the most in the past year as well? Because I know you guys have a um, referral program as part of your uh, like newsletter. Um, so like if you refer five people, you get um, like a, a sticker or a mug or something along those lines. Um, and I know that those have been pretty popular the past couple of years, but I guess I'm curious like how are you focusing on growth, whether it's organic or paid for your audience? Yeah. So we basically, uh, we've been so focused on cleaning our list. And so unlike, you know, other newsletters where every year it grows by 500,000, a million, whatnot, we've been really focused on having, you know, the best 500,000 people on our list, because then we're able to show clients, like, look how many people are looking at your content, look at how many people are clicking, et cetera. Whereas, you know, maybe other email newsletters, they are just trying to grow the top number and not really purging so that they're top line number can be big, but then, you know, when people see results, it's a little disappointing. And so uh, we've been really focused on cleaning the list and we, and to be transparent, we didn't have, you know, millions of dollars to spend on marketing in the last few years. So now that we do, we actually are spending millions of dollars in sole user acquisition strategies. And so by the end of the year, um, our list is going to be much bigger, uh, but we're also going to continue with that, you know, mindset of purging and making sure that people are active because we're, we're not, again, like I said about the websites where you stumble upon it and you read one article about the bachelor and then you don't visit that site again until you get tricked into going again because there's clickbait or something. We're really trying to be in every media property that we launch a staple to your day that you actually look forward to and is providing you not only value with interesting content, but is also helpful at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to talk about your other new business. Um, so the Newsette obviously has had so much success in the past, like le- under a decade, right? But you are working on a new project, um, Wondermind, which was recently announced at the at, at the end of last year, I believe. Yes. Um, but can you talk about that? Because that was co-founded with um, Selena Gomez and her mom, um, Mandy Tifi. First of all, how did you meet Selena Gomez? Because that's really cool. Um, <laughs> but how did you create this business with her and like and Mandy and and what is I guess Wondermind really focused on? Let's start there because I think that that's a good place to kind of kick it off. Yeah, happy to start there. Um, yeah, that this year has been really crazy. Um, I also want to really underscore the fact that the newsette has not been successful for the last seven years. It really 
was, you know, touch and go until the last few years, which I feel like is really important for young entrepreneurs to know that, you know, just because something isn't taking off and making millions of dollars year two doesn't mean that it can't in year five. Um, so that that's something I just want to clarify um, that, you know, because you've talked to me about some of those low points in the past. Uh, but regarding Wondermind, so I'll tell you the story. Um, and yes, we debuted this company on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. It was myself, Selena Gomez and Mandy Tifi, my co-founders. And in big letters, it said mental health is good business. And the reason why we wanted to announce it in that way and really unveil what we were building is because I used to walk by, you know, the newsstands with Entrepreneur, Forbes, Fortune, and see these mostly men, you know, looking so confident, so powerful. And I used to think, oh my gosh, if I ever become successful enough to be on any of these magazines, I will be the only person that is successful in the business world or maybe period who has a mental illness. And it was, it obviously wasn't true. It was just that people didn't talk about it. That's not something you flaunt, mm -hmm. especially not, you know, in your Forbes profile. And so um, basically the way we met was uh, we uh, had interviewed Mandy Tifi, my co-CEO and co-founder, who is an incredibly impressive woman and just so happens to be Selena's mom. Um, but creator of 13 Reasons Why, just like she's a visionary. Um, so we had interviewed her before for the newsette, and then we wanted to do a mental health piece. And so uh, Mandy had told me before that her and her daughter, Selena, had really gone through an evolution in mental health with each other. And so I asked Mandy, you know, would you guys be open to being featured in the newsette talking about mental health? And they were like, absolutely. And so instead of having one of my editors or writers do the story, I asked if I could do it. And at that point, no one had any idea that I had any connection to mental health because that was very secretive to me. Um, and I think they were kind of confused, but they were like, you know, sure, take it. So I get on the Zoom and the conversation ends up um, lasting like two hours. It was so raw. It was so real. It was so deep. And I think that they felt so comfortable because we really truly were just talking about their mental health journeys. It was not about anything else that could become sensationalized or whatnot, clickbait, because we, we were really trying to be true to this very important topic. And at the end of the conversation, I felt so, you know, comfortable with them, that they were sharing so much with me and doing it so gracefully and so powerfully that I felt the urge to tell them that I'd actually been suffering from OCD since I was six years old. And after I said that, you know, we, we kind of all collectively were like, what can we do to solve this problem where people feel like it's so embarrassing to even discuss that. You know, if, if you were going to the doctor and someone, and they said, your leg is broken, well, you wouldn't be embarrassed to tell someone, yeah, I broke my leg. But why are you embarrassed to say, yeah, I have to take medicine because I have bipolar or whatnot. And so that whole conversation just kept us really talking daily, weekly um, about what we could do together with our unique, you know, uh, skill sets. And so... Um, during the last year, we really built upon, you know, what could that be? And uh, the result is Wondermind. Uh, so the mission of the company is to destigmatize and democratize mental health. So this is a company for not only the millions of people who 
can, are lucky enough and privileged enough to have a therapist, but it's also for people who maybe haven't even taken that first step because of the stigma and the tabooness of, you know, feeling weak or whatnot, because that is such an incredible, you know, uh, statistic in a very bad way. So like over 85% of adults in America know they need mental health help, but won't seek it because of stigma. And so our mission is really not only to erase the stigma, but also to provide tools and, and almost, you know, frame this universe where you can work on your mental health just like you work on your physical health. And so our our goal is to essentially create a category around mental fitness. So just like physical fitness, you might see a personal trainer if you're so lucky, you know, once a week for 30 minutes and, you know, that's it. They're the expert. Um, and then, you know, you move on with your day. If you just did one personal training session a week for six months, you can't expect to see any results. And so why do we feel the same way about therapy? You speak to one person for 30 minutes, an hour a week, if you're lucky. Thank God there are amazing services that are trying to democratize that access to those therapists. But what do you do in the meantime? And so we really wanted to empower people that in between, you know, working with a professional, that you could work on your mental fitness, just like you would your physical fitness. But, you know, when you think about mental health and you think about what the tools are, there really are no tools. But if you think about physical health, there's dumbbells, there's, you know, weights, whatever it is. It's very easy to think about what that world looks like, but not for mental health. And so we're essentially not only creating a media and production company that educates and unveils these raw and real stories from the world's most successful people to every single day people to leveraging our incredible advocacy board of the best minds in the world to share their information that for so long has been just siloed to, you know, the people who can afford their sessions, but also then providing physical tools that will be available to the masses that people can use to essentially build out and architect this mental fitness space. That is such a, I'm very excited about this idea as well. Like, I think it is something you're right that a lot of people struggle with, don't get to talk about. We've been trying to cover more about like, like workplace stressors and things like that um, in our own reporting. But it's often something that wasn't talked about for a very long time. And I think the past year has also really kind of um, revealed a lot of like things like burnout that people are experiencing or like what's going on in, you know, the real world that is impacting, you know, how you do your work every day. And I think like this past, you know, year and a half, two years now has really shed a lot of light on some of these, you know, issues that to your point, have been very taboo to talk about for like, you know, forever. Um, so, I mean, I guess talking about that, like you obviously have your hands full with the news at, um, how are you adding this in and doing so like successfully without feeling the effects of burnout and things like that? Like as a, as a, you know, CEO, as a leader, as a co-founder, how is this, you know, added um, experience for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, already running the news ad, I had zero time and and very little, you know, life, but it was all worth it because 
at the end of the day, you know, my goal was to become financially independent so that I never needed to, you know, feel like I had to be with a partner um, for security or anything like that. Probably, you know, trauma from uh, just, you know, childhood um, events and stuff and the stigma that usually is around, you know, women being supported by a man. And so I, I just, I, I didn't mind working so hard to get to a point where I could be free. Um, however, you know, and so that the Newsette gave me that. The Newsette not only gave me my freedom, it turned me into who I am. I was a completely different person before I started the Newsette. I had no confidence. I had no idea what I even wanted to do, who I was. And so I, I owe my entire life to the Newsette. Now that I am able to, you know, invest in incredible companies and, you know, participate in funds of people I admire, like Serena Williams, you know, I'm trying to actually make change for people who were like me and maybe couldn't get funding a few years ago. And so the fact that I can start a company that essentially could hopefully save lives and also make it incredibly less friction filled to have these discussions and to go through mental illnesses or even just feeling sad or lonely or scared. That's my life's mission. And, you know, Mandy and Selena have said the same thing. They don't want to be remembered by, you know, what they produced, what they starred and whatever. They want to be remembered by what impact they made on the mental health world. Because I, I, we all three saw that impact firsthand. You know, I, there were many times where I was very close that like, I, I just wouldn't be here today because of, you know, depression, OCD, um, ADHD that now I've found out that I have. And before I told Mandy and Selena that I would have rather died than told anybody that I had OCD, especially as somebody trying to be taken seriously as a businesswoman. I truly saw it as a scarlet letter as, oh my gosh, you know, not only is she a fiery Latina and a woman, but like now she has OCD, you know, get out of here. And so I just feel like it's my duty to create the world's most valuable mental health company so that then billions of dollars from VCs and Wall Street and, and whatnot flow into this space so that in 10 years from now, mental health is accessible to all. You mentioned that Wondermind is going to have um, some amount of like media and production associated with the company, but it's it's much bigger than that. Um, but how much of your, I guess, experience building the newsette is lending itself to building Wondermind? Like, do you feel like there's a lot you learned in founding your first company that's helping you with your second one, or do you think that this is kind of like a whole new, you know? a whole new space that takes a lot of different, I don't know, skill sets or it takes a different, you know, mindset too. Like how, do, how does it feel in comparison? Yeah, great question. I, I think the reason why we felt like we had to do this and it had to be us is every single one of the founding team, myself, Mandy and Selena, we have conquered these three verticals, the production media product. And so we feel incredibly well poised 
to make this a huge success because of that experience. And so absolutely, almost everything I've learned from the news ad is going to be applied into the media part of the business. The same thing with the production, same thing with product for my other founders. And so it, it basically is like, there are a lot of unfair advantages here. And we that's why we wanted to create such a, you know, dynamic, holistic ecosystem of a company. It, it's not enough to just make, you know, sweatshirts that say, feel good, you know, a smile once a day, that that doesn't help people who are suffering. We wanted to create the education, the conversation, the tools, the everything, the storytelling to make people feel like we are with them and they're joining a community of people who are trying to destigmatize and democratize mental health. Well, in the final few minutes here, I just wanted to ask you if there's, you know, anything else, any other projects that you're working on this year that we might have not touched on yet that you're excited about. I know you mentioned that there's a lot of investment going into the news that to continue growth and you're focusing on, you know, marketing and, and you know, reader acquisition. I'm, I'm guessing that same's the same as the case for um Wondermind and and growing this new business but you know what else are you excited about in uh 2022 yeah to be honest i i have my hands full um so between you know the news at um newland the agency wondermind so building that and and making sure that we get a plus talent that we we really you know make this work with the best resources possible is incredibly top of mind. And then I would say, you know, the last thing is, again, now that I'm in a position where I I do have the ability to invest in many companies, um, you know, being an investor, being an LP and and funds um, has been really rewarding and exciting to me um, because I I did try to raise money a couple of years ago for the Newsette and it did not work out. Um, And I have no idea if it was because of, you know, and any sort of, um, me being Latinx or a woman or whatnot, I have no idea. But I know that people are suffering in, you know, the boardroom for these pitches because of those reasons. And so I'm especially um, excited to deploy capital to women and, and women of color um, who are disadvantaged right now in, in getting the proper funding so that hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, they're also, you know, passing it forward and funding people just like them. Um, so I, I guess that would be the last thing I'm really excited about. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, it was so lovely speaking with you again. Um, you called it a, a gift in the inbox. It definitely is a moment of just, ooh, I could take a little break, um, <laughs> you know, at 9 a.m. But it was great to talk with you and hopefully we could do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Again, I'm a huge fan of yours and the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Digiday podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. We'll be back next week with another episode. 